Hello, my name is Rick Pearson, and this is Prophecy USA, a program specifically designed to unveil the hidden mystery of America's role in Bible prophecy. You know, there's a phrase people use in the stock market for buying and selling stocks. Timing is everything. But does that saying also apply to Scripture? Stay tuned. You're about to find out. The phrase, timing is everything, is a biblical principle penned in ancient scripture close to 3,000 years ago. King Solomon wrote, To everything there is a season, and a time to every purpose under the heaven, a time to be born, and a time to die. Perhaps the concept of timing can be no better explained in scripture than by God's methods to unveil the prophetic future. Habakkuk was told, Write the vision and make it plain upon tables. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Nearly 40 years after Habakkuk's ministry, an angel confirmed the same biblical principle when he told Daniel, Go thy way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed to the time of the end. Many shall be purified and made white and tried, but the wicked shall do wickedly, and none of the wicked shall understand but the wise shall understand. If Jesus warned every church in the book of Revelation stating, let him who has ears hear what the Spirit is saying, what is God speaking to us today as we unveil the hidden mystery of America's role in Bible prophecy? Does God speak today to confirm what he spoke in the past? Does he still send angels to confirm in this generation what they foretold in other generations? Welcome back, folks. I have in our studio today for question and answers my better half, Karen. Welcome. Hello, everyone. Uh, Karen, you know, as many, uh, as many people know, we have a, a podcast every Thursday at 7 p.m. If you want to ask us any questions in live chat, please feel free to join us. Uh, and in this podcast, we answer multiple questions from those who've listened to our programs and also those who have gotten our books and our study guides. And I've asked Karen to join us today because I thought our TV viewing audience would probably like to hear some of the questions that just came in. So on that note, Karen, what do we have? Well, Rick, we have hundreds of questions come in, but I've kind of tried to group them into the most popular ones okay. so we can have a comprehensive response. One of the most popular questions concerns your interpretation of the book of Revelation as a whole. Mm -hmm. Question one is, uh, I, and this has been from multiple people. Okay. I have read the book of Revelation several times and I find it quite confusing. However, you seem to jump from one chapter to another and you don't read it in consecutive order. Why is that? Okay, uh, a lot of people have read the book of Revelation and they've called us and told us it's the first time it makes sense to them. Mm -hmm. uh, but the book of Revelation has 22 chapters. 
But just like the Bible, the chapters are not written in chronological order. John's visions didn't come in chronological order. From Revelation 6 through 16, we're given specific events within that period known as the tribulation, when the Antichrist will rule. And this tribulation is a seven-year period, according to Daniel, described by Jesus that would be a great tribulation such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, nor shall ever be. So using the imagery of seven seals, seven trumpets, and seven vials, the Bible describes the, the plagues and natural disasters during those seven years as angels pour out the wrath of God upon the earth. And according to Revelation 16, this tribulation ends with the pouring out of the seventh vial or the seventh bowl, and a voice from heaven says, it is done. At this point, the final battle of Armageddon will take place among the nations. The war ends with an earthquake that divides the holy city of Jerusalem into three parts. It's also when Christ returns, planting his feet upon the earth once again in Jerusalem. And God says once again, it is done. However, the vision and the description of Revelation 17 and after take a total detour from the narrative's chronological order in, in the whole book. Its contents describe a nation called Latter-day Babylon the Great, but the time sequence of its description is not in chronological order with the verses of chapter 6 through 16. In other words, the description of Babylon is not after the tribulation, but before the tribulation begins. Mm -hmm. Okay, so one of your major objectives in the book is to point out that in Revelation 17, 18, it describes a nation called Mystery Babylon the Great. Many have asked, how did you discover who Babylon was? Because you say it's America, which is diametrically opposed to most prophecy teachings. Many say America is not even in the Bible. What was the tipping point that took you away from the traditional teaching on the book of Revelation? Okay, first and foremost, uh, Babylon has two distinct descriptions. First, Babylon is a religious ideology that covers the whole earth. It's an ideology that totally rejects Judeo-Christian doctrine, the Ten Commandments, the concept of sin, hell, punishment for sins, or the saving grace of Jesus Christ, who we believe died on the cross for the sins of the world. This antichrist ideology is rooted in a spiritual kingdom Jesus calls the kingdom of darkness. It rejects the whole message of Jesus and that he was the son of the living God and that he was a chosen Messiah or the Christ. It represents every religion on the planet that rejects Christ's message. In other words, it's an antichrist spirit. And according to scripture, during the tribulation period, God will hand the whole planet over to that spirit for a period of seven years. Now it's satanic in nature and not only lacks any biblical knowledge, but literally defies everything the Bible teaches about Jesus Christ. And this tribulation period will last seven years, according to Scripture, and will precede the second coming of Christ. 
Secondly, there's a latter-day commercial Babylon that exists before that tribulation begins. It's a providential nation with a geographical region on the earth that would be raised up as a golden cup in the hand of the Lord, but becomes inhabited by these antichrist religious spirits or these Babylonian spirits. Many of them call them the Chaldeans. And they do not believe in the gospel. Now, Mystery Babylon the Great, the commercial entity, has 53 descriptions before she's judged. And the USA meets every description. Before she's judged, the ideology of religious Babylon seduces her, pulls many people away from the Judeo-Christian heritage, and for that reason, God judges Babylon harshly, commercial Babylon. And Jesus warned, to whom much is given, much is required. So both commercial Babylon and religious Babylon are called mystery or mysterium which means a secret revealed to a, a select group of people. We believe we're the chosen generation to unravel that mystery. And we believe that the bride of Christ is the select group of people who have ears to hear and understand what is happening in America. Secular humanism, humanism is talking about culture wars, but what we are seeing is the separation of the wheat and the chaff in what the Bible calls Babylon. The wise will understand, the wicked will not. However, after commercial Babylon the Great is judged, those Babylonian spirits who seduced her are released upon the whole world to form the new world order, which is a godless one world government. So commercial Babylon must be destroyed before religious Babylon will rule the world. So that's the first thing. Right. So you have not been welcomed by many prophecy teachers, Christian talk shows, or major TV networks, Rick. Mm -hmm. They have taught for years that Babylon is Europe, Rome, uh, or will someday be rebuilt in Iraq. What do you say to them? I say that everyone has a right to the interpretation of Scripture. However, Isaiah... Jeremiah, Daniel, and Ezekiel, and John were all visited by angels who gave them these prophecies. And in 1986, I had an angelic encounter very similar to all those men. My interpretation comes from what I was told was coming to America. I did not receive this information in a seminary, in a Bible school, or from reading other people's interpretation of Scripture. I don't know where other prophecy teachers got their interpretation from, but mine came from a disturbing encounter in the spirit realm of which I was not seeking. If an angel was released throughout the generations to give prophecy, why would not an angel be released in our generation to interpret prophecy? Stay tuned, folks. You don't want to miss the rest of this lesson. 4,000 years ago, an antichrist religion was birthed in ancient Babylon. Yet Joshua overcame it, Gideon overturned it, Elijah overwhelmed it, and Josiah overthrew it. This vile religion demands a rejection of God's commandments, a defiance of God's morals, a resurgence of asterisk poles with rampant immorality. 
and the shedding of innocent blood that cries out for judgment. These are the signs of a nation seduced by Baal worship. But what is the answer? 2,000 years ago, innocent blood was shed for you. But will America come back? Will she seek God's forgiveness or will she suffer His judgment? Prophecy USA proudly presents a study guide addressing America's spiritual state of the union concerning her past, present, and future role in Bible prophecy. Call right now with your donation of $20 or more to receive your copy, 1-888-306-1759, or go online to prophecyusa.org right now. Welcome back to Prophecy USA, folks. I'm here with my wife, Karen. We've been married for 20 years, Rick, and I knew you for years before we got married. You talked about that visitation to me many, many times and mm -hmm. told me that someday you might have to go into a full-time ministry, just like we have today. Can you share some of that testimony of what you encountered with the angel and what you have found in the Bible? Certainly. Um, Karen, my, my objective was to warn you uh, when we were dating that you might be getting involved with something and uh, when you ended up marrying me and I wanted you to walk into our marriage with open eyes because I knew this might not be a heavenly parade if God opened the doors to share this revelation. Uh, when I was 32 I was woke up in the middle of the night by an audible voice and I could feel the presence of something hovering directly over my bed just inches away. I was very terrified at the moment. The audible voice asked me, do you have the rhinestones in your mouth and the jewels in your hands? And I did not know what that meant. And I said, no, I don't. At that point, a hand reached down my throat and touched me four times in my throat and once in the palm of each of my hands. I was then told that the same spirits that rose during the time of Babylon are rising again. And just as Nebuchadnezzar was spiritually man manipulated and motivated to cast Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego into his burning fiery furnace, certain individuals were going to press some buttons and be spiritually motivated to cast certain sections of this planet into a burning fiery furnace. I was told Babylon was rising in this generation and would be judged at the same time a great exodus or catching away would take place where millions would escape that judgment. Now this experience left me absolutely flabbergasted. As I studied scripture over the years, I found that every major prophet who prophesied about Babylon had been visited by an angel and also had been touched or equipped to deliver that prophetic word that God gave them. And with regards to the rhinestones and jewels in my mouth, I have no idea what that means. However, in the New Testament, Peter called believers of the last days living stones. If so be, ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious, to whom coming as unto a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious, Ye also, as lively stones, are built a, a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. However, the verse that I found most intriguing was in the last book of the Old Testament, Karen, book of Malachi. 
and it describes the coming of Christ when he said, Malachi 3.16, and a book of remembrance was written before God for them that feared the Lord and thought upon his name. And they shall be mine, said the Lord of hosts in that day when I make up my jewels and I will spare them as a father spares his own son that serves him. For behold, the day is coming that shall burn as an oven and all the proud and all that do wickedly shall be stubble. And the day that cometh shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts, that it shall leave them neither root nor branch. But unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness rise with healing in his wings. So in these verses, we see God's end-time believers being described as lively stones in a day when he makes up his jewels and he spares them from a fiery judgment that comes upon the earth. And I believe these verses could be describing the judgment of Babylon, which I believe is the United States of America immediately before the tribulation begins. Wow, that's really exciting for those of us who believe. And I shared with all that with you before we got married. Yes, you did 20 years ago. 20 years ago. It is exciting, but it wasn't when I received it. Uh, this experience shook me to the core. Well, Rick, we have some more questions, but we'll have to wait until okay. after this brief message. Okay, we'll be right back. The United Nations has a 2030 agenda. The World Economic Forum has a great reset. The COVID-19 pandemic has an accelerated mandate. But as the new world order plans their world without God, nothing will be accelerated faster than the prophetic word God has spoken to the United States of America. It will be the hour that changes everything. Prophecy USA is proud to present their latest book, The Hour That Changes Everything. Together with our study guide and free app, prepare yourself for one of the greatest events in Bible prophecy. Go to prophecyusa.org or call the number on your screen now to make your donation of $35 or more and receive your copy of the book, The Hour That Changes Everything. We are waiting to hear from you. Call today. Welcome back to Prophecy USA, folks. I'm here with my wife, Karen. And we've just answered some of your questions concerning the two types of Babylon. One being religious Babylon, a religious ideology, and the second one being commercial Babylon, which is a commercial region on the earth. And the Bible says that in the last days, they overcame him, Satan, by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. So I shared some of my testimony that has never been shared before on TV or Internet. And I want our viewers to be assured that I believe every prophet's testimony in the Bible. You know, we all have testimonies, and there are millions of people who've had experiences with angels, demons, etc. So my experience, although unique, is not something can, that cannot be explained by Scripture. We are not on this planet alone, folks. God has powerful ministering spirits who still deliver messages watch over our loved ones and are called to be ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them 
who shall be the heirs of salvation. Karen, what's our next question? Rick, many people who have studied Revelation have said that they never saw the time sequences that you point out in chapter 3 of your book, The Hour That Changes Everything. You say in your book, those time sequences help explain who Babylon is. Can you briefly explain that? Okay. Um, traditional theology has always interpreted prophecy by saying that Babylon the Great will be part of the Antichrist world system explaining that Babylon's destruction will take place at the end of the tribulation. However, God's time sequence of events, what we find in His Word, does not say this. There are three specific time sequences that will be the foundation on which we will build our premise in discovering America's role in Bible prophecy. Number one, the first time sequence. Remember, the tribulation period is fully described in Revelation 6 through 16. The 16th chapter, the angel makes a reference to Babylon. Now, this reference is nearing the end of the tri tri tribulation, where God pours out his last judgment in the tribulation, known as the seventh vial. Revelation 16, 19 explains that. And the Greek word here for remembrance in this verse is mimneskami, and it means to recall information from memory or to recall or remind oneself. So it says, it is done, and then the angel says, come, Babylon's come up for remembrance of recollection in God's memory. In other words, this remembrance is referring to a past tense event. The English Standard, Standard Version Bible translation gives us a further insight interpreting this passage. God remembered Babylon the Great to make her drain the cup of wine of the fury of his wrath. The wine in this verse is translated punishment that God inflicts on the wicked. And from this narrative, we now realize that the seventh vial of judgment being poured out is not the beginning of Babylon's judgment, but is the final last drop. This last drop is judging all the world who have followed the Babylonian religious spirits. But if the seventh vial contains God's last drop of fury, where is the first? To further explain this time sequence, God sends John an angel. Revelation 17.1, And there came one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials, and talked with me, saying, Come hither, and I will show unto thee the judgment of the great whore that sitteth upon many waters. Notice in this verse, the angel taking John away is not the seventh angel that had the seventh vial, but instead one of the seven angels who'd already poured out his vial. John's being taken away from the original time sequence in which the seventh vial of destruction had just been poured out to view a previous event in the time sequence before the destruction of Babylon takes place. From this point on, this angel describes Babylon as a mystery. And we know that mystery means a secret revealed to a select group of people. Babylon's described as a rich, proud, powerful woman riding on the back of a seven-headed beast with ten horns. And the third time sequence, the hint that gives us final confirmation of the destruction of Babylon, is Revelation 17, 12, where it says, And the horns which thou saw are ten kings which have received no kingdom as yet, but received power as kings one hour with the beast. Now, in this passage, 
we see that the angel confirms the first two time sequence hints by showing us the relationship between the ten horns and the beast. They have one mind, they give their power and strength unto the beast, and they make war with the lamb, and the lamb overcomes them. Neither the Antichrist nor his kingdom have come into power, but they are waging war with the lamb, his bride, and the lamb is overcoming them. Because when you touch God's people, you're really touching God. And the woman is sitting or ruling over the beast. In other words, they're losing the war, folks. Revelation 17, 15 says, The waters which thou sawest where the whore sitteth are peoples and multitudes and nations and tongues. This is global, right. what's happening. But the beast has not yet received authority to rule. He's attempting to overcome but the woman is thwarting his agenda. That is us. As we saw in the first verse of Revelation 17, everything described here takes place before the tribulation begins. The beast and the ten horns hate the woman who's holding him down. Why? Because he has not yet deposed the seventh providential nation that is opposing his efforts for a new world order. However, this pre-tribulation sequence dramatically changes at God's appointed time. All right. So now this ties into one of the many questions that we get. Nowhere in the Bible is the United States of America mentioned. The USA did not even exist before the Bible was written. So how can we even say that America is in the Bible? You know, when Moses wrote the Bible, there wasn't any nations in Europe. When Daniel wrote the Bible, Greece and Rome existed. Ezekiel wrote about the Gog-Magog War, describing the geographical regions of Russia, Iran, and Turkey. But there were not countries at the time, and he did not name them as countries. They did not even know that the world was a globe spinning in space. So Daniel was told to seal the book, for it was not for him to know, Daniel 12.4. The last book of the Bible, the book of Revelation, was written in approximately 85-95 A.D., this is approximately 1900 years ago. So of course the name United States of America is not written in scripture. However, her description is perfectly outlined in the 53 descriptions of Babylon the Great that we've placed in our book. Now remember, when it comes to prophecy, those words or descriptions have an appointed time when they will be clearly understood within the generation who solves the mystery. Isaiah 46 says, I'm God and there's none like me declaring the end from the beginning and from the ancient of times, the things that are not yet done, saying, I have spoken it, I will also bring it to pass, I have purposed it, I will also do it. It is his pleasure to make those words come to pass, but it is also his pleasure to reveal those secrets unto his servants, the prophets. And in our generation, one of the greatest secrets revealed to us is the unveiling of who Mystery Babylon the Great is. And of course, in that unveiling, some will understand and others will not. It's been like that in every generation of man. So I would like to once again invite everyone to our Thursday Night Bible Study podcast. And I certainly want to thank all of you who are praying for our ministry and also giving us financial support. We pray that God will continue to bless you, provide for you, 
and let his face shine upon you in every area of your life. It's a great privilege to be able to come into your homes and minister to you. And we thank you so much for that honor. You know, Karen, we're out of time. This is Prophecy USA. I'm Rick Pearson. This is Karen Pearson. And we're reminding you that Jesus Christ is alive and he's coming back much sooner than many people realize. See you next week. Shalom.